are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Welcome to The Alignment. It's a six-episode limited series that is here and available at uptomeradio.com. In our premiere episode, we left off with Pastor Jay and I discussing how folks are feeling disconnected. We talked about why do so many people feel out of line or disconnected these days. We broke down, is it really an issue of not being connected or never really having been connected? And we even discussed something that I know a lot of folks wonder about, what role does purpose play in this issue? If you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, please take some time and do so. I'm super excited about today's topic. It's familiar, it's mysterious, and it has metastasized. We're talking about the mask, the mask that people wear, the mask that we wear day in and day out. I couldn't think of a better person to discuss this topic. And in today's episode, we're going to discuss how we were never taught about our feelings and we end up carrying our feelings in our body. I know you're wondering, what does she mean by that? Well, I've got a special guest with me today. Her name is Cassandra Ward and she is going to break that thing down to the marrow. She also discusses in this episode how we numb the pain. We numb the pain with eating, drinking, drugs, shopping, hoarding, all types of things when we don't want to feel the pain of that particular reality. And then she digs deep into the fact that the reason, the reason we numb the pain, the reason we wear the mask is because, (laughs) you thought I was going to tell you, Mm -mm. you got to tune in, lean in and listen up to this particular episode and you'll find out the why behind the mask. So without further ado, let me introduce to you Minister Cassandra Ward. She is a servant of the Lord, a psychotherapist with over 20 years of experience. Cassandra is the owner of Five Star Behavioral Services. It's an online private practice serving clients in Illinois and Indiana. She received her master's degree in counseling from National Lewis University, a graduate certificate, a certificate in advanced psychodynamic clinical practice, and a diploma in leadership and theological studies from the Urban Outreach Foundation. She served children, family, educators during her career and facilitated mental health workshops at the local and state level. Currently, she helps women experiencing anxiety, relationship difficulties, and childhood trauma. And so today we'd like to welcome to the conversation, my friend, my sister friend, Cassandra Ward. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Good. Well, you know, today's conversation, you guys, is about the mask. And there's many types and forms of masks that people wear and people call it different things. So uh, for today, though, for today's conversation, um, because we've seen people wear different masks and we know people wear different masks and we know that they call it different things. Let's just start off with what we think the mask is, Cassandra. So if you could just kind of break down what you believe it is, uh, we can then start there and unpack from that place. Yes. So for me, 
And in the world of psychotherapy therapy, how I look at the mask is that we're wearing something over our face that's hiding our true emotions, mm. that's hiding who we really are inside. And we're wearing, and so although when the world sees you, they see your beautiful face outwardly, but it's the mask that they're really meeting. And so for me, that's what I, that's how I use it is, is, is that, is that hiding of ourselves for the purpose though, of emotional safety, for not putting one self in a place of where they feel insecure. Ooh, that's good. That's really good. You know, because the reality is, I don't think we want to wear a mask. I don't think we want to wake up every day thinking about how to hide ourselves or how to cover ourselves. It is the, the way you just put that lands the plane in such a real way. It's for mm -hmm. emotional safety. Yes. You know, who wants to be vulnerable every day? Who wants to walk yes. around wearing their pain, their hurt, yes. their disappointments, their frustrations, their imposter syndrome mentality, all of these things that um, can trip us up. And then, yes. of course, take us off our guard, depending upon who we're with. Oh, that's good. That is yes. a very good nugget. OK, so now that we know that we wear the mask, we cover it up. Uh, we put something over our face, basically, be it makeup or fake up, as Pastor Jay would say, or be it um, putting on a smile when we're sad or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or confidence when we're feeling insecure. Yeah. Now that we know we put that on to cover up our real feelings. And yeah. now that we know that it is because it's a emotional guard, so to speak. Yes. yes. What are some of the ways that people wear the mask? What are some of the things that cause people to wear the mask? So when we talk about emotional security or safety, mm -hmm. unpack that a little bit and talk about, so because there are people that are listening to this conversation yes. that are trying to be secure emotionally, yes. but yes. are really yes. dealing with real, real issues. Mm -hmm. And we know there's been a rise in suicide yes. and we know that there has been a lot of depression. There's PTSD, especially yes. in our community right now, you know, with COVID and all these other things. So there's so many different directions we can go, but I'll just ask you to go down one lane and we'll use that lane to uh, split off into some other venues. So okay. what are some of the things you've experienced that people are really dealing with and then let's kind of talk to those issues because we are out of alignment folks we mm -hmm. are out of alignment and we need to get ourselves back focused so that we can do the work and the purpose yes. right yes 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 all right people are dealing with anxiety mm. people are dealing with fear People are dealing with stress. People are dealing with relationship difficulties. Um, and the anxiety is so big. And what happens is, is that people become overwhelmed. They just become overwhelmed with, you know what? Life issues, life issues. Got to pay the bills, 
COVID is here. Don't have, you know, don't have enough money. I'm stressed. I'm not getting what I need emotionally. Uh, I, I'm hurt. I'm wounded. And they're dealing with all of that. They're dealing with family issues. They're, so they, it, it just goes on and on and on. And what I see a lot in my practice is a lot of uh, people are dealing with traumatic experiences. And often this trauma goes back to childhood. Oftentimes, more times than not, it goes back into childhood. So I know I put a lot of things out there because we're dealing with them all. And that's where the mask comes in at. Because, yeah, I, because I, I don't want to get vulnerable. I, it's hard for me to talk about my true feelings because the reality is we've never been taught how to talk about feelings. Ooh. It is unconscious. We don't know how to talk about feelings. We don't know how to express our emotions in a safe way. And so then we have to carry those emotions. And what happens is now we're carrying the emotions, not only in our mind, but now we're carrying the emotions in our bodies. And now it breaks out into a no, another whole area of problems, physical problems. So yeah, life issues. You know, gosh, there's, oh, I'm, I'm, I already know I'm going to probably need a part two, but, but in order to pack this in, okay. Okay. So there was so much and it's so rich and it's so real anxiety, fear, stress, relationship difficulties, being overwhelmed uh, with life issues, the bills, COVID gas prices, you know, it's, it's, and it's, and it's for some people. In addition to all of that, there's the racial tension. Yeah, there's oh, yes. the degradation, oh, yes. the degradation of Black women, you know, our, our yes. first nominated African American yes. Supreme Court uh, justice nominee. You know, there's yes. the, the killings every single yeah. day. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, you yes. know, so there's that that compounds it. And yes. then there's the reality that in African American communities, the financial, the mental health, the physical health, uh, disparities in terms of what we have access to. You know, there's so many yes. other things that compound it. We will keep it general yes. because this show is for okay. everybody, but yes. I needed to just kind of touch on that because there's two different realities taking place every yes. single day, you know, yes. and then you talked about this. We were never taught mm-hmm. how to talk about our emotions and our feelings. Ouch. Mm-hmm. We are taught about how to cook. Yes. We're taught about how to drive. We're taught yes. English and math and, and all yes. of these things in school. But yes. the thing that is going to be consistently with us, whether you have money or not, yes. whether you have a car or not, whether yes. you got you have food or, or any of that, is you are going to be with you every single day of your life. And yes. yet our bodies don't come with a manual and our parents do not or did not let me let me rephrase that did not talk about their feelings and emotion therefore they weren't aware of, That's of right. how they feel they were they were taught to push you down keep it keep it shoved and and so now 
in this age of social media. Yes. Where people are putting their personal business on blast, TMI, or a whole lot for a whole lot of people. Um, It is causing a volcano eruption because either people are going to, it's going to resonate with people and people are going to be in your amen corner. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Or they're going to ream you for sounding weak or sounding depressed or being too vulnerable or whatever the phrase or word is that they'll put on it. And then that causes the person that put it out there to now feel like they've been beat up or persecuted or everybody hates them, even though maybe they have a million friends, but that's not everybody. If if you have a million friends, there's hundreds of million people in the world, but those million can make you feel so small, so insecure, so stupid, so whatever. You fill in the blank. And so how do we, or what can we say or do to help people deal with, let's take the first one. Okay. Anxiety. Yes. You know, cause you talked about us not just feeling this way, but then you said, oh, and it's so deep. You said our body, it begins to show up or manifest or, or appear in our body. So yes. now it's not just what we're thinking and feeling. It's now manifesting in another form. Yes. Yes. So talk about anxiety and yes. how that can actually end up showing up in your body. Absolutely. And this is so good because the reality is, is that people think that feelings are what you think. But what you think are your thoughts. These are your thoughts. So what happens with the thought is that you act on it, and as you're thinking it, then your body begins to respond to it. And these are the physiological signs that's in our bodies. So now this is what we're talking about. You know, I used to teach the kids all the time. Do you have, does it feel like that you have butterflies in your stomach? Like they're just fluttering and fluttering. And they would say, Miss Cassandra, ain't no butterfly, ain't no real butterfly, but it is going like that, you know. Well, that's what happens to us is the nerves, our central nervous system. We get that ants within our bodies. It's like, it's and, and your heart begins to pound. And that's one of the things that might happen. Or you might, your hands may sweat, you know, or you just continually have these ruminating thoughts going round and around, you know. But the heart beating, the heart beating so fast, with anxiety, it says some people begin to think that they're actually having a heart attack because it mimics a heart attack. You can have anxiety so bad until it actually feels like a heart attack. So, yeah, it's it's just yeah. So it's 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 like it's, panic attacks. I'm sorry, like, like panic, panic attacks, attacks. Yes. are kind of a manifestation of an anxiety that could feel yes. like a heart yes. attack. Yes. And for some people, it's different. Some people, you'll see them shaking their legs a lot or stumping their feet or fidgeting a lot or can't sit still, but it's been expressed in your body. And I want to be clear, anxiety is about that you are afraid of what has not yet happened. Anxiety is- Say that one more time. You're afraid of what has not happened. 
You and the key is you don't even know if it will happen. You are just, you, you have, your brain has become so accustomed to having these symptoms in this body, your thought process until you auto, it's an automatic thought. You automatically think, you know, uh, something's gonna go wrong. Dread kicks in, you know, fear kicks in. Except for fear, you know what you're afraid of. I'm having a test tomorrow. Yes. And I am so nervous. And I have all this stress and I'm getting anxiety. Well, you know. So what can happen is that, okay, well, you can prepare. You can study for the test. You can do your due diligence. You can, And you still may have these symptoms, but we get these normal symptoms all the time when there is something that we know is going to happen, then we can deal with it. Yes. But anxiety is different. Mm. Anxiety is all about, I fear the future. Wow. I fear the future. Wow. And, and it doesn't just happen to non-believers. It happens to believers also. Oh, so yeah. We fear, we fear the future. And, and the more we try to control it. The bigger it gets. The bigger it gets. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Uh, I, I, I got to jump in with this because, and I can't tell you how many believers that I've had this conversation with where I say to them, wait, 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 wait you're concerned about something that hasn't happened mm -hmm. and you're obsessing over what could happen. And what if God does it a whole nother way and it never takes place? Now you have wasted the time and you have released chemicals into your body because of the fear of something that has not happened. That's why he talks about being present and being here today and just enough for today and what we can do with today and take no care for tomorrow. It's all of these lessons in the word so that we could reprogram our mind because the, the battlefield of the mind, yeah, yeah, it is, it is real. Yeah, it is powerful. It's just like yeah. this little tongue, you know, this little bitty tongue can trip you up in a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. the battlefield of the mind, yes. the thing you can't see people thinking yes. about, yes. it's even bigger. It is bigger. And it's very real. And it's very, very real. And it is probably the most diagnosed. The most diagnosed. Got it. Um, and it's probably a lot of it that's not diagnosed, but it is probably the most diagnosed anxiety that mental health professionals see. Mm. So it is huge because it is real because anxiety is there. And see, under the anxiety, there could be the trauma there. Th these past experiences that we have had that's causing us to have this anxiety. And we just have not gotten to the place of where we're able to talk about it. But also, and I think that's even more importantly, is also coming from a different part of the brain than the thinking brain. See, when I'm we sorry. have, when we have, when we have the, a lot of times that we're having anxiety and fear mm -hmm. is because it's, it's based on our emotions, of course, mm -hmm. but it's coming from the amygdala. The amygdala is the fight, flight, or freeze part of the brain. It thinks, am I safe? Do I want you know, am I in harm? And 
is very real. It's very real. It's part of the limp, limpic, limpic system of the brain. Okay. And so what happens is, is that when people are having anxiety and when they are having fear and when they are having these experiences, it is hard to switch over, if not impossible, to switch over to the prefrontal cortex, to the front of the brain that says, you're okay. That says, that gives you insight, that gives you empathy, that helps you to regulate your emotions. Mm. And so, yeah, and so anxiety, it is, it is huge. But like I say, the prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain that, that uh, regulates your emotions. And, and it's, so again, back to what we have not been taught to do. So if, if I'm dealing with, or if we're having someone and we're with someone that has all this fear going on, you got to deal with the fear first. You got to deal with that. You got to deal with that part of that person. You got to understand what's the fear about? What's the anxiety about? What could be happening? Okay, but back to what we're saying. Okay, my body is not feeling right. There's something going on in my body and we have to be able to get to the place of where we can actually get with somebody, sit with somebody and say, my body is acting. I just went through the same thing myself in the past couple of weeks. My body was all over the place. And I'm like, God, what is going on? Yeah. Because I can feel, and we were talking about some of the symptoms. I'm like, I feel mine right in here, right in the back of my shoulders, my arm. And I'm like, it's hurting what's happening. But because I'm aware, now I can go sit down and go, what's happening? Right. What? What I'm, what's, my body is telling me that there's a problem. And so people that are battling anxiety, battling fear, yeah. they just have not been able to learn to get to the place of reflection, mm. to get to the place of sitting and reflecting so that they can pick up on what's happening to my body because the brain is doing this. You know, oh gosh. Okay. So identify the fear, the source of the fear yes. and the source of the anxiety. Yes. Once you've done that, then you may be able to then begin to either, you know, it's kind of, okay. I, I, I got to digress in order to come forward. Okay. You know, a part of what I love to do is break something down so that I can then find out what was, you know, what, what was really causing it and what's coming from it. And, yeah. and so it's like coming, coming to the common denominator, stripping it all away, seeing what the bare bones is and looking at a thing. And I call that like white paper, white paper okay. has one job. It's available. It's ready to be used and it's willing to be written on. Right. So, okay. yeah. You know, once I put it on paper, then I can see what it is I'm dealing with. There's a phrase I use, objects in the mirror. You know, when you're driving on your rearview mirror, it says objects in the mirror appear larger. Uh, the same is true in your mind. And mm -hmm. I use that analogy because 
objects in the mirror appear larger when you're driving because they want you to know that a car is coming. The car is mm -hmm. never right where it says it is, but yes, it looks yes. and appears yes. like it's yes. right up on you. But that's yes. to save you from actually having an accident. Yes. Yes. Well, the objects in our mind yes. appear larger in time. And so until we actually put the things on paper, they are so mountainous. They cloud mm -hmm. and fill our mind mm -hmm. that there's no mm -hmm. space to think. There's no space or place to rationalize things or yeah. to analyze and make sense of them. And now that you've broken down why that is, because you talked about it being the amygdala. Amygdala. Amygdala portion of the brain. someone taught me, we could just say Amy, amygdala. But it's Perfect. Amy. Amy is there. Yeah. Amy mm -hmm. is doing her yeah. own thing. Yep. You know, yep. and so yep. when Amy doing her own thing, yep. Yep. you yep. can't make it make sense because Amy got her own mind and it's there's no ration. There's no nope. rationale there. Nope. There's no nope. pause and think about it. And nope. and you know, God gave humans the ability to pause and reflect. And I yeah. tell people, you know, when someone steps on you or bumps into you or hurts your feeling, you can act like a dog, which doesn't have the ability to respond and reflect. Or mm -hmm. you can act like you've got sense because God gave us the ability to pause, reflect, and then respond. Yes. Uh, the dog does not have Amy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It may have, I'm sorry, the dog may have Amy, but it doesn't have the other portion that the frontal cortex, you know, to be able to think and rationale and process. So, so when I talk to people about the objects appearing larger, I say, if you've got debt, for example, you know, it, and this is just so we can give our audience an additional layer of, of practical experience. If you've got debt, for example, and you're just obsessing about the debt. It doesn't go away thinking about it. It doesn't go away all the time having it run through your mind. If you put down what you owe and you put down the debt and then you begin to think about a plan. Okay, maybe I can pay off this credit card that's got the higher interest rate and that will free up this amount of money to help me pay off the lower credit cards or whatever it may be. You know, if it's relationships and you put it on the page, you do the pros, you do the cons, whatever it may happen to be sometimes. And that's reflecting, but in a different way, right? It's mm -hmm. reflecting on paper. There's reflecting on paper where you look at it clearly sensibly with an open mind in a structured way and then there is reflecting where you sit and go okay why are my shoulders tense why are my arms aching why why do I have this headache why am I where you sit and you reflect and what we used to call with uh Martin Lawrence have a woosah moment right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there are times Cassandra where because people always say oh my god you're always so happy you and I go that's a learned behavior and it's not me phoning it in it's, I created this thing I call QRT, quick recovery. How quickly can I recover from an adverse situation? Meaning mm -hmm. I try not to allow things to steal my joy, right? And so mm -hmm. I'm trying to get back to joy each time. So it's not that I'm smashing down or pushing down badness. It's when something bad happens, I look at it, I either write down what the lesson is, or I write down what I can learn for it, from it, or I write down how I can move past it so that I can then go forward today. Yeah, yeah. That's my way of reflecting, yeah. as you yeah. say, in yeah. order to be able to function and be available to be used, because I can't be used if I'm sad. That is so true. And see, the difference is you've done the work. Yeah. Took me a long time. Wait, yeah. let me tell you. Let me tell you how I originally, because I want somebody to hear this. It might be them. Yes. I got a parking ticket, Cassandra, one mm -hmm. day. I, a parking meter parking ticket. I was maybe two minutes after it had expired. And when mm -hmm. I saw the ticket, I was so angry. I hit my windshield. Mm. 
and cracked it. Mm. Mm -hmm. So the $25, $35 ticket, that was going to cost <laughs> your girl $250 or $300. Yes, yes. And this is what was yes. so sad and telling about the situation. I had the money to pay for it. I wasn't even like, even if it would have been $200 ticket, I had the money to pay for it. I allowed that little irritation to be mm -hmm. so mountainous that I caused another problem for myself. Mm -hmm. Freed myself in that moment. So then from that point on, from that point on, I was so angry and disappointed in my reaction that I mm -hmm. said, from now on, if I get a ticket, I'm going to go straight to the post office, put a stamp on it, put, it, put a check in the envelope and mail it off. Yeah. freed myself from that forever yeah it never yeah. what next time I got a ticket because I did I was in LA and parking it was like you go in for an audition thinking it's 30 minutes end up being 45 you, I had tickets mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I freed myself but I used that same formula for yeah. all the other irritations uh -huh. for all the other irritations and that's when I started just chunking them off chunking them off chunking yeah. them off what you call doing the work doing the work you know and Right. And so exactly because you, you use, you use an experience. So if we talk about Amy, Amy was the, I hit the window. That was the emotion, raw emotion. And then you were able to reflect that me messing with Amy cost me some money. So the next time I get a ticket, Amy, you stay where you're at. I'm going to use my prefrontal cortex, my thinking, my reasoning. I'm going, I, I'm going to control myself. I'm going to pay the ticket. And why? Because you don't want to have that same experience. Yes. But people who have not become self-aware. Yeah. People who have not become attuned to their bodies. Yeah. People who don't understand why they're doing a cycle over and over and over again. People that are overwhelmed. People that, that are hurting and wounded and all of those things, right? They're still operating under the wounded part of them. And there's no way to be, you cannot reflect if you're always in Amy, you just don't get, you don't, you're not getting a chance to. And so once they can sit down and become self-aware and that's eventually how it begins. It's like, you, you get to a place where it's like, okay, what's wrong with me? Why I keep doing this? And generally when I get clients to come in, I'm like, What's, what's going on? Why do I keep doing the same stuff over and over again? Why? They're the questions. It, because they've begun to become self-aware that this is not working for me. This helps. I need help, you know? And so it is such, but it's, Lady Mara, it's a hard process because all of what we're talking about all of what happens, all of the hiding and masking, the purpose that it serves for anyone that's doing it is I do not want to feel the pain. And so, so then it becomes the mask of medication of drugs or I, pills I, or 
or promiscuity or oh my god or shopping or, or shopping, eating or eating or hoarding or hoarding or or, or anything that can mask, that can keep my mind, that can numb me, mm. that can numb these feelings. That's why it is so important for us to take a deep breath in and begin to feel the pain. You cannot heal without dealing with pain. And how do I know Jesus dealt with the pain? It, it, there's no way to heal. No. In order for for him to get to purpose, he had to go through pain. He had to go through the pain. And and what happens is is that we will search for any and everything to your point of the the behavior that we use. Because now we're talking behavior. My behavior is that I get drunk. Why do you get drunk? I just need some alcohol. Mm -mm. It's inside with masking the pain. Right. And 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 so here's the thing, though, what happens is, though, is that even when we begin to work on the pain. Yeah. Even if it's getting better, sometimes re- remembering it. Yeah. It causes us to go back to that familiar place. Yes. Because here's the thing. Coming out of pain may be the goal that's great. But as I'm making my way to come out of the pain. You got to feel it. You got to touch it, smell it, think it, sense it. All of the stuff that puts you in pain, you got to experience it in order to get there. And it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. And so listen, that's enough of that. Let me go back to my shop. To what I know. Hold it to my, because right now. Because it's familiar. I'm comfortable with that. I can and I can and I can and I can hide this pain. I can stop the pain. And so it's huge. And it's so amazing. So this is such a great topic to talk about because no matter if we talk about it from east and west, north to south, inside and out, the reality is, is that you gotta deal with the pain. And someone has to be willing to sit with. And help you walk through that pain without judging you, without, they, they've got to have the empathy that I can sit with you in your pain and I can give you the freedom, the space, the time, and not judge you so that you can release your pain in a safe space. Because it's, the, the, yeah. the pain hurt. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and you, and, and you just hit on the head of the nail and in my heart is breaking because I, in, in what you just said, I now know why people stay stuck. It, it was an epiphany went off because you said someone has to be willing to sit with, deal with, without judgment without making you feel bad for what you're expressing. And think about it. Most people, Cassandra, talk to their friends about something. And if their friends are hearing it for the 15th time, or some friends for the fifth time, and I don't know if we can call them friends or associates, but if they're that impatient with you, um, 
And so when you've said it and they're like, girl, get over that. Or girl, don't deal with that. Or girl, you've said this too many times. Then the person goes, that's not safe. So now I'm going to push that yeah. back down. And yes. I'm going to carry this and I'm going to hide this because yes. people can't handle. People yes. can't handle my hurt. Yes. People can't. People can't yes. process my pain. Yes. And the yes. problem is, and this is why yes. I was I was full when you were saying it, yes. because I was like, this is why people don't realize they need professional help. Yes, yes. Because you've been yes. going to family and friends and A, they're not equipped to deal with it. That's B, it. they don't have the patience to yes. listen and yes. process without judgment. And yes. C, they'll never be able to give you the medicine you need. Yes, yes. And, and, and there's been such a stigma about going to get help that people don't go yes. get help that they really need in order to be where it is they're supposed to be. Yes. And that is from believers to non-believers. That is from educated to non-educated. That is across the board. And the reality is, going through pain and experiencing the pain and the frustration and the hurt of all the stuff you're going to feel when you're actually letting it come out is mm. much easier, not easy, much easier when you're mm. guided through it in a strategic way with mm. someone who literally can help you come out of it safely mm -hmm. and help you go back into it when you mm -hmm. need to access it for the purpose of getting to healing yeah. or purpose yeah. place. Yeah, that's what we need. And I'm going to add a D to your A, B, and C. Because sometimes our friends, we love them. I love them. I have great friends. But sometimes they and they own stuff. Yeah. Enough is enough. I, yeah. You need help. I, I've got clients to work. And you now my friend told me I need to come see you. Because it's like they see the heaviness. They see, and they are there. And they are there. And they are there. But listen, God gave us helping helpers professionals yes. that's trained yes that's trained to sit there and here's the thing because too often our friends will also dismiss our pain unknowingly yeah. because see in order for you to see my stuff you got to connect with your stuff <laughs> you got to look at yours you got to look at your stuff and if you ain't did the work on you yet, my stuff is not, it, we're not going to be able to do it. But now when we have, but now if we at that point as friends, then we have empathy and we make it through. But coming to a professional, because listen, there are some things that even if it's your bestest friend in the whole widest world, and I've got a couple, it's some stuff that you got to get with the father. Yes. And you get you a good therapist. Yes. So that you can go in there and you can work through the work. Yeah. And you can feel the pain. Yeah. And you can listen, you can sit with the raw emotion. Yeah. Because again, we just haven't been taught to be able to do that. And as a matter of fact, it's really deeper. We've been taught to press it down, to repress it. That's it. We've been, we've been taught, boy, what you crying for? Yeah. Girl, look, I, didn't, I didn't deal with more than that. I didn't, I didn't walk 200 miles. That ain't nothing. Baby, oh, me, oh, me and cheat. Don't worry about that. You know. Really? You, 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 you want to feel some? I bet not. Exactly. Come on, my mama talk about, 
You hurt my feelings. What feelings? You got somewhere to sleep? You got somewhere to eat? You got a bed? Them your feelings. You better get out of my face. Yes. And it's not to dismiss them because that's what, what I they have know. Learned, that's what they know. That's what they know. And so, so we learn how to hide it at a very early age. And then we come into the church. Mm, preach on it. Preach on it. And we go through our um too blessed to be stressed stuff. No, you ain't just stressed out right now. Yes. But the but the problem is, is that too many of us either have the perception or have been taught that if we are having mental health problems, mm-hmm. if we're having stress, if yep. we having pain, yep. then where is your faith? Yep. Where is your faith? And and this is a sad thing. You're not taught that from the pulpit. You know, it is you're taught that from watching other people who you uh-huh. know dealing with stuff come uh-huh. in not showing the realness. Because yeah. if you have somebody in the pulpit who's willing yeah. to express pain or hurt or yeah. loss or lack or yeah. whatever, and, and fortunately yeah. we got a pastor who will put all his stuff on. Yes, his yes. yes, yes. And I yes. applaud him because yeah. most people. Yeah, with a hell in a handbasket with a broken yeah. heart. Yeah, behind not having a mirrored example of yeah. what it looks like to be vulnerable. Yeah, transparent. Yeah. or honest. Yeah, and you're right. I passed this great. He tell us he teach mental health. The reality is, is that 10, 15, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, those of us that was in church, see that wasn't that then, and so we grew up that way. Yes, we did. We grew up, and what you you and and who we are today are a result of what our past experiences have been. Yeah, and so we grew up with it, and so that's how come the big fight is out now. Mental health awareness. No, it's okay. It's okay not to be okay. That's it. We have to be able to get that help and and feel okay with it, and it's, and it is okay because listen, when we're better. We can do better work for the kingdom. Yes. Better work in your family. Better work on your job. Better work in your neighborhood. Better work with your kids. Because what I also discovered growing up, that everything my mom had dealt with, you know, she, because she never did the work on, you know, the bitterness or the things that hurt her or injured her or bruised her, I was taught it. Yes. And so it wasn't until, and I'll never forget this, me and uh, a couple of my sisters used to wonder why we were verbally castrate men. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. That was the thing, because yeah. that was what we witnessed. Yes. And so we got to the point that we had a conversation. We were on the phone in tears going, why were we doing this? And yes. we realized it was all we heard. I could do bad by myself. Yes. I don't need no man in my life. It's A, B, D, 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 da, 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 blah, 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 blah. And so that was how we were. And I made a conscious effort. It was like when that, in that same season was when I was cursing like a sailor, drinking like a drunk and 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 belittling men. And I take full ownership of that. I took responsibility yeah. of it. I wrote a book about it. I okay. did a play about it because I wanted people to understand who they see on the stage today. Yeah. It's not the little yeah. girl who I used to be. I did some, yeah. I had some, some stuff, yeah. but what I had to do was it wasn't a, it wasn't an overnight switch for me. It wasn't no. as easy as the parking ticket. No, no, it no, no. Was, <laughs> it wasn't that easy. I was yeah. like, Ooh, cause it was, 
it would come up when I'd least expect it. Yes. Because absolutely. I couldn't control how, what had been muscle memory or mouth yes. memory or mind memory. I couldn't yeah. control it. So I had to then go, oh, so when it when I'm about to say something that I that that's gonna cut somebody, grab your words back. Because yes. there's a there's a proverb that says three things come not back: words, bullets, and an arrow. Wow. Once you once you speak a word, you can't take it back. That's once right. you shoot a bullet, you can't pull it back. That's and once right. you shoot an arrow, you can't pull it back. That's and right. so I never wanted to injure people once I was aware that I was injuring people, yes. hurt people, hurt people, mm-hmm. hurt people, hurt hearts, hurt people, hurt spirits, yes. hurt people, hurt dreams. If you've yes. never launched a business and somebody come, or you failed at launching a business and somebody comes to you about launching a business, you're going to spew your negativity if you haven't done the work and learned the lesson. Mm-hmm. Cassandra, let me tell you, baby, let me, let me say this and and I'll let you sum up some of of what we've done. And I can't believe time is fine. We still have about maybe uh, 10 minutes, Okay. But, but the mask that people wear is a learned behavior. Yes. The mask that people wear is a preventative, um, necessary, um, thing in their mind. Because it is, and, and it's real. We do it to protect our emotions. So it is yes. real. Yes. However, the mask that we wear is not serving us no. to be our highest self, our, our best self, and to show up aware, present, and whole. Yes, yes. Is that yes. a good summation it okay. is. Okay. It is. It is. And 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 I made a note here. So it's important. The mask is not serving us today as our adult selves. Mm-hmm. But it did serve us well as children when we had to protect ourselves. It served us well when we had to fend off the bully at school. In, in grade school, third grade. It served us well when we learned that I could put on this mask of hardness and I could, and you'll stay away from me. Yes. And that would serve well if you've been bullying before and now you can go to another school or another grade and they stay away from you. And because at that point, you use your mask to protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And God gave us the ability. I mean, he built us. He made us. So he, no, he gave us Amy. Yeah. Because we need to know when we are experiencing fear or when something bad is about to happen. If, a, if I'm walking down the street and I can hear a car coming around the curb, er, and, and I sense fear, I can jump out of the way into safety. Yes. So it serves a purpose. Yes. But when you have been traumatized or hurt over and over and over again and over again, and you've had, you, you, and, and, and now it's, it's locked in your brain, it's there. Yeah. And as you have grown, Again, back to there has not been that one person to say, hey, 
Okay. I see some things about you, but you know, to help you, to help you heal and to help you adapt to and learn new behaviors, learn a new way of being, you know, to say, okay, this did serve you well in those years, but now as a child, as an adolescent, but now as an adult, what you, what it would have been good for you to have learned earlier in life, what you would have hoped that was taught to us early in life, although it didn't happen, but now you're an adult and now you can begin a healing process and begin to want those things and need those things and seek out those things and become vulnerable enough that what you wish that you had gotten all those years, you can learn gratitude, kindness for yourself to begin to do the work so that you can give them to yourself. So that you can get healed. So that the Father can heal you and send people in your life. Because we want love. You, 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 want, you, want, you want to connect. And you just don't know how. And it's scary. Because what if I let you into my vulnerable spot and you hurt it again? So I've got to protect it. So there's no way, like we were saying earlier, there's no way to heal without feeling the pain. And we have to come become vulnerable. Now, that's what the world calls it. The Bible calls it humility. Humble yourself under the mighty hands of God. Humble yourself. God loves the humble. So we can do that. And as you do the work, as you go through the process, as you get better, as you heal, and you will heal. I'm a witness. You're a, you're a witness. Amen. You will heal. You will heal. You will heal. You will. You will. You can heal. You don't have to stay in that wounded place. And then now you're going to build more experiences for yourself that are better, positive, that you begin to feel good, you begin to trust yourself, your image of yourself gets, you know, your self-confidence begins to come in, you feel better. And one of the things that I always say and why I'm so passionate about this work and working with women is because when a woman heals, mm. teach it, her house heals. Yes. Her children heal. Yes. A woman learned how to how to do what we're talking about. Yeah. Now she can teach her children. Yeah. And now look at how this thing starts turning around. Yeah. Look at how it changes. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, this is this is some good stuff. You hear me? And 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 what's so awesome about it is these are practical steps. Mm-hmm. Get some help. You know, there's, there's lots of different 
types of, of, of masks. You know, I, I started this con, we started this conversation off with a lot of different masks. And, and I, I had jotted down some notes of some, the mask of denial, the mask of making busy, doing things to cover up the pain or frustration, the mask of self-sabotage, the mask of defeat, which are worn, irritated, frustration, the mask of depression, the mask of makeup, wearing a pretty feel, face and feeling ugly, sad, or unworthy. Then there's also the mask, mask called the imposter syndrome, which isn't an officially... Mm -hmm diagnosed mental health disorder, but it is a real condition. And then there's also the mask of code switching. You know, those are some that are lighter in that they may not cause us anxiety, but they're triggers at work mm -hmm. that cause people to, um, you know, have to deny themselves the, the response or reaction they want to make because mm -hmm. of the environment. So, so, so in our last couple of minutes, I just want to take just a couple of minutes because there's, because of all of the, um, the unrest, the racial tension, you know, I want to just touch on it. I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on it. I don't want to elaborate on it, but I want to give some people who are dealing with uh, having to code switch, you know, a lot of us have to do it, but, but want to give them hope in this middle, in this, in this portion of microaggressions towards people uh, that can help serve them in this season. And I'm praying this season doesn't last, you know, forever. But, mm -hmm. but because so much um, hatred has risen up in our country, this season looks like it's going to be here for a lot longer than any of us care for mm -hmm. it to be. So mm -hmm. can, can you share a couple of practical things to help people deal with the microaggressions because they've been, you know, they've code switched for forever, but, but they're dealing with microaggressions in, in this new racially heightened um, world we're living in. Mm -hmm. You know, Lady Mara, so the thing of it is, is that you know, even with all of the aggressions that we have toward us and all of the, you know, um, problems of, of that, that goes on, the real really reality is, is that it's very commonplace, right? You see it everywhere. You go yep. everywhere. Yep. And, you know, is whether, you know, did I mean to say that people was hostile toward me, uh, some, you know, the behaviors of what's going on. Okay, so honestly, you kind of said it earlier. Okay. The only person that we can control is ourselves. It's ourselves. Yeah. When you're feeling good about yourself, yeah. can't nobody come and make you feel no different. Oh, say that. Wait, wait, wait. I need you to say that one more time. <laughs> When you're feeling good about yourself, nobody can come and make you feel any different. Answer to the name that God has given you, the, the, the person in that, who God has made you to be. I mean, if somebody, if I'm walking down the street and somebody just told me, and yes, we get angry. Don't, we get, out. listen, emotions are real. I'm not trying to downplay any of them, you know? You know, the angry black woman, right? You know, I, I've, I've even had some clients who say, I didn't want to say nothing because I didn't want to be depicted as the angry black woman. Okay, so, but you're still hiding yourself. Can't you express yourself in a way otherwise? So what I'm saying is that, can I be angry? And can I be black? And can I be a woman? And can I express myself that way? 
So it's really going to be within yourself for, for us to learn how to communicate, how we think about what someone has said. That has happened a whole lot, you know, um, where, where we've been sitting with that because even as Black folk, we was like, well, why my company won't speak on this? And, and it still keeps happening, right? Why they don't speak on the racism? But from an emotional perspective, I, I'm always like, who are you? Yes, you're angry. You got to find a safe place to put that anger. You got to be able to have enough attunement to yourself. And if you're in a professional setting, you know, whatever, have enough to be able to say what it is that you want to say. But then you got to have your cabinet or your friends or whomever that now you can go and do your venting. You know, that you're going to be able to do your venting because like what you said, it's here, it's here and it's not going anywhere. Right. So, I mean, that's what I would think, you know, uh, you have to be able to just articulate. Again, we back to the feelings, right? Your thoughts to people. Yeah. You know, I, I'll, I'll say one of the things that helped me early on was I, I'm a writer, but I was writing mm -hmm. poetry, poems, raps, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it would depict, you know, mm -hmm. all the things that I was experienced, the violence in the, in the ghetto, the, the, the winos and liquor store, the, the gang rape that I had endured at the tender age of 15, I had found a way to write it out because mm -hmm. I realized keeping it in mm -hmm. was so toxic. Mm -hmm. It was uh, mm -hmm. detrimental to all mm -hmm. I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. lesson, journaling, mm -hmm. I journaled for years. I still mm -hmm. journal, but I don't journal mm -hmm. as much as I used to. But yes, I journaled yes. because it was cathartic. It was it was medicinal. It was mm -hmm. it was a way to get it out and mm -hmm. and not repress it and then cause it to show up in my hair or my skin or mm -hmm. my whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And 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 I had to I had to go back to the basics. I'll admit this mm -hmm. to to our listeners. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom is dealing with dementia, and you know this. And mm -hmm. um, I my hair it started falling out, Cassandra, mm -hmm. and. And I was like, well, what is this? You know, and so my friends are like, is it menopause? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, because mm -hmm. you don't know what it's coming from. And then I finally did the work, sat with myself. When did, when was it healthy? When did it start coming out? And I was like, oh, in the window that I started caring for and being concerned and worrying about my mom. Mm -hmm. And I still care. I'm still concerned. And I still think about her daily but it is not worry. And mm -hmm. when I adjust that, as you can see, it's, it's growing again. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that was because I identified the source of the sickness and mm -hmm. then began to process and respond. The yeah. sickness is still there. She's yes, still yes. ill. It's getting worse, but mm -hmm. I'm not wearing it yes. in the way of worry and I'm not carrying it in the way of crisis, I mm -hmm. am functioning. I'm not allowing Amy to tell mm -hmm. me how mm -hmm. to re respond, react, and, 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 and that. I am actually processing, figuring mm -hmm. out ways that I can make life better for her and serve her without being caught up to the point that I'm yes. in making myself sick behind her yes. mental sickness. Yes, yes. Because it's a mental sickness and it's not personally at yes. me. Yes, yes. And I think journaling is absolutely, that is one of, I'm glad that you bring 
mentioned that because it is excellent. It is excellent. I mean, we've got our Bible, right? Yes. Write it, write it write down, it. write it, do. it out. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know, and so for those microaggressions, you know, the 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 little insults, the innuendos, or the, the look, the, the, or the, the or the pass over on the promotion, or the yeah, or the yes. or the well, okay, if you can do that, then yes. fine. Or why do you think yes. you can do whatever? Yes, or you know, all of these little things that come at you. We have to be responsible for ourselves. Is, is how we respond. Yeah. And again, back to how we think about you, uh, about ourselves. Because see, if I'm sitting somewhere, just say for instance, I'm, I'm in the driver license place, Department of Motor Vehicles, and I'm Ooh, renewing my life. Right, good. renewing my license, right? But, but listen, if somebody called the name Jane Ward, Jane Ward. You're not moving. You're not answering. Jane Ward. Cassandra Ward, yes, I'm not going to answer to you on nothing that you call me that I ain't. Speak it. Because I know who I am. I know what I am. I know what, you can call me what you want. Right. That ain't who I am. There's that old phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And that's because, and I learned this from, I don't know if it was called the, it was the three lessons of something, uh, the the alchemist or something. Anyway, it says it was about not taking things personally. Yeah, you know. When you stop taking things personally, mm-hmm. when things that people say to you no longer bother you, mm-hmm. you start walking in a different, a uh, different it's, it's a whole different world. So it's, it's not that I became world. superwoman or I'm super healed. No. It's that no. you don't have the, this is it. I'm the CEO of my joy. It's not like some lotion rubbed on my skin. You can't rub it on and rub it off. You can't take it from me. I got to give it to you. And unless I give it to you, it ain't yours. And so when I walk around knowing I'm the CEO of my joy, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. that means there's nothing that's going to happen to me today that's going to take that from me, rob that, or diminish what I already feel because I come to... I bring the table to the table, baby. Yeah. You can't come yeah. and tell me I ain't worthy or I don't yeah. have something. And that's not yeah. my arrogance or conceit. That is uh-huh. confidence that I know what I know. Yeah. And I'm willing yeah. to learn what I don't know. Yeah. And I'm willing to yeah. grow from the areas that I'm weak in. Yeah. But I Take am not yeah. something you you call me because that's what's in your limited vocabulary. Right. And God wants us to have confidence. God wants us to have confidence, you know. And so the thing of it is, though, is the and see, but that's the work. Yeah. See, it, it, see, you see it so much. It's never ending because never. we're always evolving. Now, they may say some things, the micro microaggression thing, but I'm gonna tell you what I think. Now I'm gonna tell you. But see, I'm going to tell you in a way that's going to honor God. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to tell you what I think. No, no, you're talking about somebody else. Don't say that to me again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I ain't got to jump up and down and curse you out. Right. But you're going to know that you don't come with me. So there's a way. Yeah. Because I'm going to. And then there's truth and love. Yeah. And so, and it's not that it hurt me so bad. Because I've done the work, but I'm going to tell you so that you will understand. And not hurt the next person and or not try to come back at me. No, don't come back at me. Now, if it's your boss, Mm -hmm. there has to be a strategy probably behind how that information would be offered or volunteered. And that would require more thought, 
you know, so that it is maybe perhaps not in the moment, but it mm -hmm. is, hey, can I have a meeting with you at some mm -hmm. point? And mm -hmm. then you merely say, because a lot of times, and some people do it intentionally, but mm -hmm. a lot of times people aren't even aware that yeah. they're saying something insensitive yeah. or saying yeah. something demeaning or belittling yeah. or uh, racist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is such a learned behavior, just like yeah. our learned behaviors. Everybody, yeah. every race, every you know, uh, 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 ethnicity has their own family stuff that they bring to yeah. wherever they are because you want to yeah. show up as your authentic self. But yes. a lot of that we we brought to the table because we were taught it at the table. You know, yeah. so I want to yeah. do this because we are actually uh, about out of time. Okay, I yield these last couple of minutes to you to just speak directly to the person who is listening to the voice in their mind um, about suicide. Mm. Um, suicide is such a heavy burden on my heart in terms of just mm -hmm. wanting to give people the medicine, the help that they need. So mm -hmm. I want you to, in the last few minutes, um, just speak to the person who might be having thoughts of inadequacy or hopelessness or feeling like there's no other way out or mm -hmm. they don't know how to make it past this next day, minute, mm -hmm. hour. If you mm -hmm. could, I'd love to yield the floor mm -hmm. to you for that. Okay. All right. Life is hard. Life has gotten hard for you. However, the reality is, is that what you are experiencing right now, right now in this moment, know that God loves you. Know that you are not alone, although it feels so alone. Although you're feeling hopeless, know that there is hope in Jesus Christ. There is hope. Things will get better. Things will get better for you. You may be experiencing where you've had failure after failure after failure, or you know, just your knees were not getting mad, or that you, so oftentimes it comes because people feel so alone, feel so isolated. They feel like nobody cares about them. They feel like, what's the point in going on? And reality is also with suicide is because you really want to come out of your pain. It's not that you want to end your life. But right now, what has happened is, is that your pain is so unbearable that you think that the only way that you can stop the pain is to just end your life. And I'm here to tell you, try Jesus first. Look unto the hills from which cometh your help. The Lord will help you. Right now, call the national hotline number. And I wish I had it in my... Um, I'll put it up. I'll, I'll put it up. National hotline number, uh, 800 number that you can call where there are going to be counselors that's going to be there to help you. Uh, call a friend. Call a friend right now. Let them know, I just need to be able to talk to you. You know, reach out. If you have a church home to your pastor, to someone in the church, you know, listen, if there's a child listening to this, a younger person your teacher at school, someone that you can trust, 
but just know that there is hope and where you think the pain will never end, it will end. It will end. We heard lots of testimonies of people that was going to commit suicide and they tried Jesus first and they're so glad that they did. Amen. Your pain will end. Yes, yes. And, and we're going to give you that number right now. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800 273 8255. Again, that's 800 273 8255. And I want to just add to that one sentence. I didn't create this phrase, but, and it may sound cliche as, as like a cliche, but it is so powerfully true. And, and I use this not just in this situation, but I use this in life. Never make a permanent decision behind a temporary moment of defeat, mm. hopelessness, or depression. Never make a permanent decision because death is permanent. Mm -hmm. Behind a temporary, which is, it is a valid, you may be feeling something, you may feel it's valid. People may have persecuted you and you don't feel like you wanna be here, but that's today. That's right in this moment. If you really knew what people feel and think about you, those who love mm -hmm. you, what they really think and feel about you, you would never allow the millions of online people to make you feel less than. Mm -hmm. You would never allow the boyfriend or girlfriend to make you feel less than. But more importantly, if you knew that you were the apple of God's eye, mm -hmm. before you even accepted him as your daddy, you would never, ever, ever allow yourself to think less of yourself than God has made you to be. And so I echo what my sister Cassandra says, try Jesus, try Jesus. It doesn't mean you won't have pain or dark days or things won't be hard or difficult. But what it means is you'll have someone by your side who will never leave you nor forsake you. Yes. You'll have someone who will give you a comforter called the Holy Spirit that will be with you to guide and lead and direct you through terrain, terrain that's, that's, that's rough, you know, terrain that's rough and rugged and, 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 and dirty or, or, or hard. It'll guide you so that you can make good decisions and get to the other side, whole and in peace. And so those are our words today. Cassandra, I thank you for this bountiful deposit. It is rich, it is full, and it is necessary. You are good at what you do. And I thank God for the gift in you and for your ability to articulate in succinct, simplistic, but profoundly simplistic ways, what we need to do, what we're dealing with, and, um, and how we can move forward. Can you please share with our listeners how they can reach you, contact you, or follow you, or if you have a website, uh, so that they can get in touch with you um, to get help, to stay, stay encouraged, and to just be a part of your tribe. Please share that information. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure here talking about something that I love and so passionate about. Um, my website is fivestarbehavioralservices.com. 
So that's five star, the number five, five star behavioral services.com. And actually, you can go to the website and there's a contact page where you can just leave your information and send it to me and I'll respond to you. Absolutely awesome. Thank you so much. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in, leaning in, and listening up to this limited podcast series entitled The Alignment. Super excited to share what's next with you. Of course, you know, last, the first premiere series that we did was with Pastor Jay. And now today's series, The Mask is with Cassandra. Stay tuned for our next episode of The Alignment. But for now, be blessed, go in peace. Peace. Remember to take assessment of those things in your life that are making you feel some kind of way. Remember the phrase, Amy. Don't allow Amy to guide, lead, or direct you. If Amy starts doing that, pull a Kim, which is keep it moving. Keep it moving righteous. Keep it moving in the right way and keep it moving forward. God bless you. God keep you always.